Hello. Hey guys, welcome to church tonight. We're going to get straight into it. And uh, I invite you guys to come to the front if you like. Um, But let's be intentional about just stepping straight into the presence of God. And let's really exalt His name tonight because He deserves it. Let's step into the river. Woo! All right, because we're going to do it in the river. Oh, we're dancing in 
than words, more than good ideas, I find your love in the open fields. I really get the sense tonight that God is desiring to reveal His sweetness to us. He's revealing, He's desiring to reveal His goodness to us, and I don't know where you're at. You may say, my relationship is awesome with God, it's the best it's ever been, that's so cool. But you may be here tonight and say, Pete, oh, I'm just feeling dry. Can I tell you tonight, my, I'm sensing in my spirit that God is desiring to reveal Himself to you tonight. And it's more than my words, my ideas. When I release all of that and say, God, I may not be able to explain it. I may not be able to comprehend it. Yet, when I look to the open fields, when I stand in your creation, when I let that all go, God, I find you. So tonight, I believe God is looking to reveal himself to you. I want us to let go. We're going to continue on more than words. But I want you to let go and just say, God, I'm here, I'm ready. Those thoughts, those ideas, whatever that is, I hand them over to you, God, and I want to be filled. I want to be filled with your spirit, refreshed. Lead us, man. More than words, more than good ideas. I found you. More than words, more than good ideas. Open 
than words, more than good ideas. I found your Spirit. Breathe them in. I really get the sense that God is not calling us forward until He's dealt with what's happening in this moment. For those here who are feeling dry, who are feeling thirsty, God is saying, Come on. I want to pour myself out on you. And all it takes is for you to open up your heart and say, God, I need you. God, I want you like that, He's going to reveal and release the sweetness of His Spirit upon you. Thank you that you're a God who loves, a God that desires to be here with us. No matter where we're at, no matter what imperfection or things are going on in our lives, you still love us the same. And you still want to be here and hang out with us. So God, we fix our eyes, we fix our attention, we fix our focus on you. And we say, may you lead us, may you guide us. We open our arms and our hearts to you tonight. All glory to your name. All glory to your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, band. You're incredible. Hey, why don't you grab a seat for a moment? Hey, it's so good to see you all tonight. How are you going?
Uh, it's good to see you. If this is your first or second time at Activate, hey, it's great to have you here. Excited that you get to be here tonight and hang out with us. Um, if you are here for the first few times, we'd love to meet you at the door. Uh, after the gathering, we've got bags that just tell a little bit about who we are and uh, get to know you a little bit. So uh, if this is your first time, welcome. So good to have you have you here. If, if you come to re- uh, Activate regularly, I was almost said Raglan. If you come to Raglan regularly, no, if you come to Activate regularly, it's great to have you. It's good to see you. Hey, can I tell you what young adults got up to this afternoon? A bunch of us went uh, uh, through Property Link. Uh, we set up this uh, community muckin'. So what we did is we went round to someone's house who had their um, gardens and stuff that was all overgrown. There was a whole bunch of things that needed to be sorted out. Uh, so we went in and we did a whole bunch of weeding. Uh, we, we put in some garden boxes which look incredible and we set some things up. So we had an awesome uh, couple of hours this afternoon. And uh, as a young adults, we're looking to do a bit more of that. Just being out, going out and uh, looking to serve our community. Uh, that's who we are, activate wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. So can I encourage you, uh, when there's the opportunity, uh, get into it. It was a whole lot of fun, and we had a good time hanging out, and we helped someone out, so that was awesome. Still all there? Yeah. Hey, let's do birthdays and anniversaries. Who's had a birthday? Or anniversary? Go, Peter. Melina, come on, get up here. Yeah, you did. Oh, check it out. <laughs> yeah, come on. So after one year, two months and a bit, Melina finally asked, <laughs> and now we're engaged. So that's very cool. So, Ray, actually, let's not do this tonight. I want you to come and pray a blessing over us as a father in the house. So, church, why don't we stand? Uh, Ray's going to pray a blessing over us and Jenny here tonight. (laughs) Anniversary, how many years? Eight. Can you pray a blessing over us? Yeah, sure. Do it. Isn't this awesome? This is fantastic. When I saw it on Facebook, because I don't use Facebook, I go, really? Is that, is that happening right now? <laughs> so awesome. And, and Jenny and Dave, they were married eight years ago. I had the privilege of marrying them, which was just wonderful. And it's, you're an awesome couple and you're an awesome family. So church, let's pray. Father, I thank you for this awesome time. That Father, we stand, Lord, not in our presence, but in your presence. And Lord, in your presence is the fullness of joy and the pleasures of living with you forevermore. And Father, I declare your blessing. Lord, your blessing that makes rich and you add no sorrow to it. May you bless, Lord, I pray, Peter and uh, Melina on the left and on the right and Dave and Jen on the left and the right. As they come and as they go, may they know the blessing of the Lord that would overtake them and overshadow them. Lord, I declare it upon them. Thank you, God, that you've promised that you'll never leave nor forsake, but you are their portion. You, Lord, are with them, and we praise you and give you thanks in Jesus' precious name. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks, Ray. Very cool. Grab a seat, grab a seat. I've got a couple of highlights to bring to your attention. 
Faith 101, if you're at Faith 101 tonight, they'll be happening uh, in our next bracket of songs. So Josh is here, he'll give you a wave. So uh, head up when we start singing next, but that'll be very cool. He does an awesome job with that. Business Plus, now that's coming up on the 18th of August. So this month on the 18th, if you want to, uh, it's the inaugural event, so the first uh, event of that, and there's this guy called Mark Powell. A fantastic businessman, was involved with the warehouse. He was the CEO of the warehouse group. Uh, so come along to that. If you're interested in business, it's going to be here at Activate at 7.30pm. So make sure you get along to that. Rob, Rob Berg, he's a musician. He's going to be here in the Youth Hall on the 10th of August. Ian Green, so young adults, we're going to camp from the 19th to 21st. If you haven't signed up, tonight is the night to do that. Sign up and pay tonight. Come on, I want to see 40 people there. So we're going to be pushing that tonight. So if you haven't signed up, I'll be hitting you up pretty hard. Uh, so make sure you get that done. But Ian Green is going to be here that weekend, which is going to be fantastic. He was here this time last year. Uh, so we're going to all be back for the 6 p.m. and it's going to be pumping, but Ian Green will be here on that weekend, which will be very cool. And if you look at the back of your seats, there's contact cards. So if you haven't filled out any contact cards about Activate, uh, it may have been missed or maybe you've changed address. Uh, look in the back of your seat, fill out one of those contact cards and drop it in one of the boxes at the back just so we know who you are, where you're living, um, so we can get our information to you, which will be very cool. Well, Leanne. Leanne's going to come and share with us for a couple of minutes. Very cool. Hello everyone. Hi, my name's Leanne. Um, I'm with Hager Hamilton and we've got an event coming up next Monday, the 15th of August. We're showing Nefarious, Merchant of Souls. It's a documentary and some of you might think nefarious, that's a strong word. Yes it is. It's a very awful kind of evil happening in this world today. It's very real. Um, most of you have probably heard of William Wilberforce before. Know who he is? Um, helped, helped the slave trade, was wanting to abolish slavery. Unfortunately, today, slavery is actually larger than it's ever been. There's more people in the slave trade than ever before, and it often comes in a form of sex trafficking. And what Nefarious is about is it gives a really good overview of the trade happening all over the world. Um, there's a lot of people from different sides that um, are talking on the documentary. There's people that have come out of it. There are people who are in it. There are people who are helping change the situation. And um, while it's a really difficult subject and it's something that you often want to look away and not really want to know about, um, unfortunately, it's a real, very real thing happening for 21 million people in this world. And um, it's not something they can easily walk away from. Um, and the reason why we're showing it is because we have, we're fundraising for Hagar. Now, Hagar, we work with people who have been rescued from awful kinds of abuse, um, some sex trafficking, some slave labor. Hagar takes them in. We work in the recovery um, and helping them. We, we do things from providing counseling, education, job placement, um, and even taking the perpetrators to court. So it's a huge organization. We work in Afghanistan, Vietnam, and Cambodia. Um, we have a center in New Zealand which 
helps raise awareness and fundraise. So we're just part of making that difference. So if you're able to come and help us make a difference, help um, these women and children and men caught up in this awful kind of thing and you want to come and find out a bit more about it, it's very well done. It's a quality documentary and it also offers a lot of hope. Um, it's something that that you just, you'll never be the same after watching it. It's very good. I've watched it three times, so I'd recommend it. So come along, um, 7.30 at Lido, and we'd appreciate your support. Thank you. Hey, church, can I encourage us to get along? It seems like in New Zealand it's very easy to let these issues go, oh, no, that's happening somewhere else, or that doesn't affect me and where I'm at. But uh, something like this is great to uh, open our awareness and raise our awareness of very real things that are going on in this world. So can I encourage you, uh, get along, it's to a great cause. Awesome. Kathan, where are you at? There he is. Hey, Kathan's coming to share communion tonight and he had an awesome testimony on Facebook, which I may or may not be being shared tonight, I don't know. But man, you're going hard for God, which is so cool to see. And uh, open your hearts. Kathan's got some really good stuff to share. He may be young, but he's got the fire of God in him. So be ready to receive. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah cool. Hosting, can you just give this stuff out, please? <laughs> yeah, so um, if you guys got your Bibles, I just want you to open to Luke chapter 22. So like, yeah, my Bible says um, it's the Last Supper in this. Hopefully yours does as well. And um, yeah, so like communion is something we take it seems like a lot, like, I don't know, like maybe once a month and it's a real cool thing to do. And it's like, I feel like sometimes though we can get, get like, just hear it and be like, oh, yeah, this again, we get a little bit of juice, a little bit of crackers, it's good. Like, and, <laughs> you know, like get me through church so I don't have to eat, you know, like, you know what I mean? But like, I'm just going to try and like set the scene for you guys. Like, Jesus knew he was going to suffer. He's going, turning up, and he's going, yep, okay, this is my last supper. He tells them at the start, this is my last supper. Like, that's something a bit weird. Like, you know you're going to die, and you know it's your last meal, and you know why you're going to do it. Like, he knew that he was going to have to die for us so we could get back in relationship with God, except, like, I don't know about you, like, if I was going to die for someone, because they made a mistake, would I really want to hang out with them before I did that? Like, you know, my last meal, I'd probably go alone and cry and like, just eat like all the worst stuff ever because I knew my body was going to be dead. But like this guy, he decided to go and eat with the same people that he was dying for. Like he cared about them. Like the thing it says in like on verse 15, it says, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. He eagerly wanted to do it. In fact, he was almost excited to go and have this last meal because he knew what was going to happen afterwards. So, like, no one really jumps into wanting to die pretty quickly. Like, you don't really just go, yes, I'm going to die for someone. Like, that, <laughs> I don't think that just happens. Like, he knew and he even said to God, like, then, like, is there any other way? Because he knew it's going to hurt. And, like, he didn't have to die on the cross. Like, he could have died any other way, and our relationship would have been restored. But instead, God chose for him to die the most painful death to man known at that time. 
Like, and I reckon that's because that shows you how much you care. You chose the most painful death on purpose to say, hey, guys, this is how much I love you. I would do this for you. I'm not going to pick the easy option. I'm going to pick the one that's going to hurt me the most, the one that makes me sacrifice everything. Like this, now this is showing his love. Like, and then it goes, I, um, he gave thanks and said, take this cup and divide it among you. So like, then he goes and starts giving thanks. Like, you're sacrificing everything and you go, you're like, yes, I'm so happy. Like, I don't know, that's a bit strange to me as well. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do that very much. But like, is that not an insight of the way we should face sacrifice? Like, he came into it eagerly and gave thanks. And like, the Bible says that um, praise is our strength. So like he knew that he had to go and give thanks because he knew what was going to come. Like if we realize all the things that we face, all the trouble is okay because of what happens at the end, then it doesn't hurt as much, eh? Like, you know what I mean? Like if I know I'm getting pruned by God, it doesn't hurt as much because I know I'm going to be so much more better and closer to him on the end. Well, like this is my body given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. Like, Communion is just remembering how he died. And it's nothing more than that. Like realizing this is God giving his all for us. He left everything. He could have done it any other way, but he chose to give up his rights for us. He chose to give up his ability to go and call down angels. And like God, he could have just forgiven us like that. He didn't have to die but he chose to die because he wanted to show us his heart. So like, all I ask guys that we just, as we take the emblems, just realize what he did, like the power of it, that he actually wanted to do it. It was his idea, like, and that he is here with us because someone who dies for us, he doesn't leave us. He, it just didn't end here. It carried on. And we're living in this story because of what he did. So like, yeah, I'm just going to pray and like, God, thank you for what you did. Thank you that you loved us. Like you actually did love us. <laughs> it's nothing fake. It's not anything that you did to just go, okay, I've ticked the box. Now they can come to me again. You actually wanted to do this. You desired it because you loved us so much. You gave everything. You sacrificed all your rights. Now, God, let us just be reminded in times of trouble of the things you did. Let us look back right now and see the miracles that you've done because you're here. You've never left us. Thank you, Lord, that you're holding our hand the whole way. Thank you, God, that you give us strength and power. And thank you that you love us.
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, head to the heart. There's a journey. There's a little bit of a groove there at the end you guys were doing a little bit earlier on. And um, what I'd like us to do is to sing what the Bible calls a new song to the Lord. It's a song we make up ourselves. There's no words on the screen. We just sing it out, sing it loud and sing it strong. What God has placed in our heart. The psalmist who... King David, who wrote many of the Psalms, just put his guitar, his instrument, and just began to sing. And he remembered some of them and he wrote them down. And I just think it'd be really good to lift our voices and just sing a new song to the Lord. You may never have done it before, but give it a go. So here we go. So I can ask you to open your hands to heaven. Maybe close your eyes. 
And let's begin to sing a new song. Hallelujah. Lord, we praise you. Lord, you're worthy. Lord, you're exalted. We exalt you, Jesus. Come on, let's lift our voices. Worthy are you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Your name is to be praised. Your name is to be praised. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. You are worthy, God. So worthy, Lord. Worthy. Worthy of praise. We exalt you. singing's a bit out of tune, but God loves it all the same. He's good like that. He's really good. The, the young lady is playing the keys. I, I don't know your name, sorry. Nicole. Nicole, I believe the Lord wants to really encourage you this evening that as you begin to play, God's going to release a new sound of worship through your music. And as you press into him, one of the things that Joshua, who was the understudy of Moses, had said that when Moses left the tabernacle, Joshua stayed there in the tent of the presence of the Lord. And the Lord is calling you to stay in his presence. And as you worship him, more of his presence is going to flow through you. So you'd be really encouraged. Yeah, God bless you. That's very cool. Cool. Amen. Well, why don't you take a seat, guys? Thank you, band. Do you know what I love about our band? They set a great example of how to worship the Lord, don't they? They really, really do. Dylan, where are you, my friend? Where did I see Dylan? Dylan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Up by the host team? Great, Dylan. Don't want to really encourage you. I believe the Lord would say to you tonight that you're like a wonderful trophy that he is polishing up. Some trophies can be in the, uh, I guess, in the storage cupboard, collecting a bit of dust, and God begins to polish them up. They begin to shine and reflect his glory. 
and God is in the process of polishing you for his glory. And so I want to really encourage you. The polishing is not always pleasant, but the finished product is something beautiful to behold. And so allow the polishing of the Lord to work in your life, my brother. Yeah, God bless you. Very cool. Great. Could I have that other uh, little table there? Martin, is this your first time um, stage managing tonight? Well, let's give it up for Martin. He's doing an awesome job. Thank you, my friend. You're a fine young man. Very, very cool. Well, this evening, I want to talk about a topic called change. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say change? Change. Wow. Change. The word change is used in the Bible 99 times. And when I saw 99, it reminded me, uh, reminded me of uh, Get Smart, an agent 99. Yeah, there you go. And of course, yeah, but there was a movie though, and it wasn't that long ago. Um, but oh well, Get, well sm uh, Get Smart with Maxwell Smart and Agent 99 is they were fighting chaos and they were developing these strategies uh, to change, to conquer chaos. And uh, now God is at work in our lives. He desires to see transformation for his glory desires to change us, to mold us, to shape us, that he, we would reflect his brilliance. And so I want to talk about change. And um, you know, there's so much change happening in the world at the moment. The first solar plane ever to circumnavigate the globe, travel 40,000 um, kilometers, has just completed that in July. Uh, first aircraft ever in the world to have no fuel, no petrol or aviation fuel, solely powered by the sun. It's an incredible feat. Amazing. Today, for the first time in the world, is the greatest number of young people ever. Those that are aged between 10 and 24, which is most of us here, I don't know if I can include myself, but I'll say most of us here, uh, represent 28% of the world's population. The number of people in extreme poverty since 1990 to now has almost halved. In 1990, there was 47% of the world's population that were in object poverty. They were earning less than $1.25 a day. Today, that figure has dropped down to 22%. It's still a lot of people. It represents a lot of people. But praise God, it's on the right side of things. But 1 billion people, or over 1 billion people represents, so there's a lot. In the last 20 years, the world's population has gone from 5.66 to 7.24 billion. The population's still growing, but not so much. The world is getting older. For those that are over 60, it's the fastest growing people group in the world. And I'm not there yet. So uh, in 1990, those that were 60 years and older represented 490 million people. Today, it's 765 million. There is the greatest number of people ever in the world's history that are displaced through conflict and violence, as we would see a lot in the Middle East. There's been huge advances in smartphone technology and apps and so forth. And in 2003, the first time ever in the history of the world was the genetic, genetic DNA of a person fully um, decoded, which has huge advances for medicine. Just huge changes happening in the world. 
amazing changes, and it could just go on and on and on. But guess what? There are two things at least that don't change. The first one is change. We are changing. You are different than what you were 12 months ago. Owen is 12 months older. I guess we all are, but there you go. He has a little bit less hair. Mind you, so do I. (laughs) But God never changes. If you have your Bible, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 12. This is what it says of the Lord. But you are always the same. You will live forever. As the King James says, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Mark 13, 31 says, Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. Do you know what I'm so pleased that God doesn't change? Because God is kind. God is good. God is for you. God is for me. God is with us. God is our security. God is our protection. And it never changes because that's who the Lord is. Isn't that good? To know that your God will never, ever change because he is infinitely good and infinitely generous to you. And I love it too that he never wakes up in the morning with a bad mood. Whoever was waking up in the morning with a bad mood? Sometimes. Can I tell you about a, a bad morning I had? It, it just happened the other day. In fact, it happened uh, yesterday. Do you want to know what happened? It's not a good story, not to be repeated, and, uh, but here it goes. So Wendy and I were over in the Hawke's Bay at Napier. We were going yesterday afternoon at midday to celebrate with a dear friend of ours, her 80th birthday. And her name is Mary. She's a very sprightly woman. She's, uh, she's an amazing person. She's a great believer in the Lord. Her daughter is a missionary in Turkey, and her uh, daughter from Turkey and her Turkish husband were also at the party, so they'd traveled a long way. Um, so that was all cool. So we're getting prepared for the party. We're having to get out of our hotel by 10 a.m. in the morning. And the hotel room that we were in was quite dark, and it was just hosing down with rain. It was really, really wet in Napier yesterday. And exactly at 10 a.m., and we're running a little bit late, the power went off. And we haven't packed up. And it's really, really dark inside our room. And I see red, and I go, I can't believe it. How can that hotel owner turn off our power while we're getting ready? So I said to Winnie, I'm going to tell him what I think. I'm going to give it to him. So we get packed up in about 10 minutes, and we're packing up the car, and it is absolutely pouring down with rain. And the hotel owner walks across, or the motel owner walks across the uh, pathway, and um, I said something to him I shouldn't have said. (laughs) I'm not going to repeat it. (laughs) And I gave him the key with not a very good attitude, and he said something to me that really floored to me. He said, so which way are you going to go home by? And I thought, aren't you going to engage in a conversation with me about how you've turned the power off and how much you've upset me and Wendy? And uh, I've never had an experience like this anywhere before. And um, then he just moved on. And I thought, Wendy heard it all. And she said, oh, you were a little bit over the top, weren't you? I said, no, no, I was looking after your interests as much as mine. (laughs) I truly was. Then we got in a car and we jumped off and we were driving through Napier and noticed oh, there was no lights on at this shop and there was no lights on at that shop and went in to go and get some gas and they said, 
can't get any gas here. The power is out all in the Hawke's Bay right at the moment. And I said, what time did that go off? And they said, exactly at 10 a.m. this morning. And I thought, oh, no. So as we were driving home last night, and uh, we couldn't come back via uh, Napier Taupo because the road was closed with snow, nor could we come back through the desert road because it was closed with snow. So we uh, left at 3.30, making it home to about 12.30 last night. It was a long drive. And Wendy said uh, to me along the way, she said, I need to, to, to say something to you. I thought, oh, here we go. Here we go. She said, you need to change. I said, me? <laughs> don't you? <laughs> don't you need to change? She said, your attitude wasn't very good. And once again, I said, I was looking after you, you know. <laughs> she said, that might have been the case, but it wasn't very good. And so we had a bit of a chat about change. And I thought I just had to let you know, because I couldn't talk about change without saying that we're all on the process of change. So why change? And I think the reason that we all recognize we need to change in our lives is that we've got gaps, that we're here and we want to be there, but we're not yet quite there. There's a bit of a gap. And the gap for some of us is bigger And it doesn't really matter what size the gap is because we all have a gap. And God is saying, let's change and fill the gap. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Revelations chapter 2 and verse 19. And it says this, Jesus is talking to the seven churches in Asia Minor, which is uh, today's modern Turkey. And uh, the message to the church in uh, Fiatira is this in Revelations 2.19. I know all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service, your patient endurance, and I can see your constant improvement in all of these things. Here's this church. They were on a process of change, of constant improvement. And Jesus acknowledges it and says it's a good thing and commends the church. And you can read the rest of the message where he has a go at some of the believers in the church. But for these people... He goes, I commend you for this attitude of continuous improvement. So I've got a question. Who wants to continually improve their walk with God? Yeah? It's, I hope you're all going yes. I'm going to ask that question again, and I would like a raucous yes. Who wants to go on a process of continuous improvement with the Lord? Yes. Very good. Very good. Okay, so I've got my next question. Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to pay the price? Because we need to pay the price. I was at a pastor's conference in Tauranga on Thursday with a group of Asian pastors, and one of them is Pastor Peter Zhu uh, Zong Lee. I won't pronounce all his name because I've got it wrong already. But he pastors probably the world's last, largest churches in the world, 20 million people. 20 million people. He's a very humble guy. Then I met up with another pastor who started with a church. He said of seven people, there was my wife and I and my two children, then the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That made seven. We started our church with four people, but it was seven. And today it's in the thousands, and they have planted 900. He said 978 churches. And then he went on to say, this is what you must do, you Western pastors, you Western churches. You must pray. You must pay, and then you can play. And we all felt very convicted. But part of our hearts knew that 
He was right. We do need to pray. We do need to pay the price to be a follower of Jesus. And certainly the church illustration in, in, in Revelation uh, 2 verse 19, these were people that had paid the price. They had paid the price to love, to endure in faith and service and patient endurance. And Jesus commends them. And so I want to talk about change from three areas this evening. And I know time's getting on, so we'll, we'll get through it. But we change for three reasons. One, because we desire to. We look at the athletes at Rio at the moment. They desire to be the world's best. You may desire to be the best at music, at athletics, at science, maths, the arts, whatever it is. There's a desire to improve. There's a desire to do well in your place of work. We can change because we acknowledge we've got an attitude that hasn't right, like my little attitude I had yesterday. And I know I've got to change. I've got to make a difference in my attitude. And Wendy's going to keep reminding me. <laughs> but it might be an attitude of anger, an attitude of inferiority, whatever it might be. And then we change because we're forced to. And I um, remember meeting a man in Chicago in 2010. And uh, Pastor Sheridan and I were at a, at a pastor's conference. And we had this woman, her name was Cindy McGuire. And she began to run through a whole lot of things if you're feeling tired and exhausted. And she was sort of going through this list. And Sheridan and I were looking at one another and going, that's you, that's you, that's you, that's you. And we were saying this to one another. And we thought, oh, no. And uh, most people in the room felt pretty tired and exhausted. And I came across one pastor after that session. We were having a tea break. And I said to him, so do you feel tired and exhausted, isolated, lonely, any of those things? And he said, no. Nah. And I thought, you are a rather arrogant, I thought. And I said, you sure you don't feel any of those things? He said, no, nah. no. Nah. He said, what, why is that? He said, well, six months ago I had a heart attack. And today I live very differently since I've had a heart attack than before it. So change was forced upon him. Change was forced upon him. And so I want to encourage us, let's be people that change by choice. Change because we desire to be more and more like Jesus. It's a good way, it's a good reason to be on the front foot with change. So I want to tell you a change that happened in my life. Some changes are quick, some changes take a long time. And there's the change by applying principles, there's changes that come through praying, and there's changes that come through by encountering the power of God. And so one of the changes that, that comes through by principles is here's Jesus saying, give and I will give back to you. Now when I was young, I've got a confession to make. This is a night of confessions, isn't it? Yeah. When I was in my late teens, early 20s, I used to think I can't afford to tithe. That's how I honestly felt. Who's ever felt like that? I can't afford to give. I can't afford to tithe. And I, I had this battle in me, and I thought, I know this is not right, but Lord, that's how I feel. And then I would begin to give or tithe, and then I'd go, oh, this is getting too hard this week or this month, and I would stop. And uh, then one night I had a dream, and it was a very vivid dream. And in my dream, um, I was holding a shovel, shoveling gold, I think it was. I don't quite know what it was, but I'll say it's gold. And here was, and I was sort of hesitant, and this, this shovel represented my giving, and I was hesitant in it. But behind me was this big bulldozer with Jesus driving in it. And in this big bulldozer was a big bucket 
of gold. And it was just tipping. And it was like Jesus was saying, if you give, I'm going to give into your life. But I can't do it unless you give. I'm waiting for you to give. If you learn this principle, I will pour into your life. But I'm waiting for you to go with it. And so I had that dream. And at the end of that, the phone went. And I thought at about 2 o'clock in the morning, I thought, who is phoning me at 2 o'clock? That was my workplace with this most ridiculous question. So it woke me up. So I went, and my Bible was right beside my desk, um, my bed. And so I opened it like this. And it came to Malachi chapter 3 where it says, bring in the whole tithe. One of the things that happened in my dream, which I haven't shared with you, is the pastor from the church, uh, a previous church we're at, prophesied Malachi 3, these words. And here I am opening up my Bible. I'm going, God, you're, you're speaking to me. So I thought, right, that's it. I'm going to start giving. So I set up a program to start giving and began to increase it. And here's what I've learned. Where I started with an attitude that I can't afford to give, this is how I honestly feel now. I can't afford not to give. I can't afford not to give. But that, that change happened over a long, long period of time. And so I want to encourage you, God causes us to change according to setting down godly principles in our lives. And so I want to encourage you, let's be people that know what it is to sow as we give. And you'll find over time, as you respond to that, you'll come to this place that I can no longer afford not to give as you grow and, and go on with the Lord. There's a story of two um, guys, you'd know their names, I'm sure, Robert Scott and Roald Armisen. They were Norwegians and British um, discoverers, adventurers, who were on a race to the South Pole. And it was 1911, so over 100 years ago. And they were on a journey, on a race, to see who would be the first to get to the South Pole. And uh, the example of these guys' lives is a great example of how to make effective change in our lives. Because for change to be effective, it needs to be consistent. It needs to be steady. And what happened, these two guys with their teams left to, re left to go on and, and discover the South Pole. So they both left at a similar time, and they were both rushing to get there. They both had prepared reasonably well, but Robert Scott, he was um, leading a British expedition, um, took some technology. He said, we're going to use motorized technology. That fell over. The engines blew up. So then he got ponies. The problems with ponies is that ponies sweat when they work, and when the temperature is minus 30, that sweat turns to ice, and it freezes the animals, and they die. And what he would also do, he would see if they could travel 40 miles a day, and if it got too tough, then they would only travel five to six, maybe seven or eight miles a day. But the other guy, Ron Armisen, said, every day we're going to be consistent. It doesn't matter whether the weather's really good or whether the weather's really bad. We're always going to travel 20 miles a day. And that's exactly what they did. When the weather was really good, they would travel 20 miles. When the weather was really bad and they were going through difficult places, they would still travel 20 miles a day. They were very consistent. And guess what? They got there first. 
But it's one thing to reach the target. It's another thing to get home. And so on the way home, they continued to be very consistent and doing 20 miles every day. They got home safe. Robert Scott's team, they were disheartened because they arrived at Scott's base almost a month later than what uh, the Norwegian team did. And as you can imagine, they were being pretty uh, disheartened about it. And uh, so they then make their way back home. And they would do days where they would walk 30 miles and other days where they'd only walk a few. And the tragedy with their approach, because it was inconsistent, is that 10 miles from home, they perished. They died. And there's a real lesson in managing change as being consistent with change. Consistent with change. The other thing we need to view about change is that small things really matter. Robert Grandall, the CEO of American Airlines, boasted that they saved $40,000 a year by taking one olive off the first-class passenger meals. One olive, just that small change, saved them $40,000. Not to be outdone by um, Delta Airlines, they said, we're going to take one lettuce leaf off every meal off our airlines, and they saved $1.4 million a year. Little things make a big difference. Benjamin Franklin said it like this. For the want of a nail, this is a nail that goes in a horse's shoe, the shoe was lost. And for want of a horse's shoe, the horse was lost. And for want of a horse, the rider was lost. And for want of a rider, the battle was lost. The battle was a massive thing. It was a huge thing. And here's this small thing, a nail that was lost, that meant the soldiers couldn't go into battle. The prophet Zechariah says, don't despise the day of small things. And if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to Amos chapter 5 and verse 14 and 15. Didn't you love what, to hear what Peter and the team did today? Going and doing a makeover. That's fantastic. So Amos chapter 5 verses 14 to 15 says, Do what is good and run from evil so that you may live. For then the Lord God of heaven's armies will be your helper, just as you have claimed. Hate evil and love what is good. Turn your courts into true halls of justice. Perhaps even then the Lord God of heaven's army will have mercy on the remnant of his people. I just really want to focus on that part in verse 14. Do good and run from evil. You know, the church has incredible power in our community to do good. Incredible power. And I just love hearing what Peter and the team have done this evening. Can I encourage us? Let's be a people that do good wherever we have the opportunity. Will we ever have that opportunity just to make a difference in somebody's life by sharing the love of Jesus? Let's go and do it. There is just nothing, you know, too big for God. And, and the other thing about Zacharias is in terms of small things, don't despise the day of small beginnings. 
don't despise it. There can be small things that God is asking you to do that can open up huge opportunities just by taking a small step of doing good for God. Brings a change because I'm going to be a person that does good for God. And I want to encourage you to take off every limit that would hold you back from doing good for God. Hold, just take those things, push them away. You have permission to step out and do good for God. You have the passion in you. You have the capacity in you. You have God in you to do good for God. And we can make a change to our city and our nation by doing good for God. Who wants to be a person that does good for God? Who wants to be that person? I do. You do. That's great. And I want to encourage us. Let's push in and push out there. Do you know, every small opportunity really disguises itself as something big. A, a tree is a small seed in disguise. An avalanche is a small snowball in disguise. And Jesus was a small baby, and he was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in disguise. Three wise men come along and they see Jesus, and they recognize the disguise and go, He is the Savior of the world. What disguises of God are you carrying? If you step out and release the goodness of God and people will go, oh my goodness, God has just showed up as he moves in and through you. Praise God for that. So don't despise the day of small beginnings because God has great things for us. Small things qualify us for bigger things. Here's King David. He's looking after sheep, his father's sheep. And uh, I'm going to finish with that so the musicians want to come up. And so David, as he's looking after these small sheep, he, or these sheep for his father, he uh, kills a bear, he kills a lion. And so he's qualified to care for his father's sheep. And we know this story well because David was faithful in these little things, these little, little things. He now has come qualified to serve the king and he slays a giant. If you do small things really, really well, it's amazing what small things do. A drop of water on a really hard stone will carve out a groove over time. A consistent character over time, we'll build a great legacy of a great life to live. These small little things. Somebody said, I'm not sure who it was, you know, we all aim to be, do great and noble things. But the key is to do small things in a great and noble way. To do small things in a great and noble way. And my, my experience living a life of faith, if we do the small things well, God works through those. It's all he asks us to do. And he can turn those into big things. I remember years ago when Pastor Nick asked me to lead a men's group. This is how I honestly felt. I don't want to do it. I'm busy. 
I've got lots of responsibilities. I don't really want to do it. But I thought, I'm going to pay the cost, and I'm going to do it. So we started this men's group, and it still continues today, although I don't go to it. And I honestly believe, because I took a small step and said yes, that's why I'm here today. I honestly believe if I said no, I'm not sure where I would be. And that's the honest truth. And so as, as the Lord gives you little opportunities, can I encourage you, take them. Say yes. I'm stepping into these things. I'm going to be one who's going to change for good for the purposes of God. And press there and be there. Because, you know, we have the opportunity to be a fantastic army in the kingdom of God, doing good wherever God places us to be. And I am so, so pleased that God is in the business, that he loves us where we are, but he loves us too much to leave us where we are. And he wants to change us and transform us into his image. And so I, I shared this this morning. I'm going to share it again. One of the most effective ways I've found for change in my own life is not trying to do it all myself because I just realized I'm not good enough to change myself. It's only God. And this is what I've found. When I get up in the morning, I do this most mornings. I want to really encourage you to do this. Is when you get out of bed, hold your hands to heaven. And say, Father, today I ask for your grace. That's the empowerment of your Holy Spirit to fill me, to enable me to live like Jesus. When I hear your voice, let me respond. When I want to do things that I know are not right, empower me to live righteously for you. Empower me by your grace. And you can look through all the book of Acts and you'll see the apostles are absolutely committed to trusting and relying on the grace of God. They do signs and wonders through the power and grace of God. They encourage others to tap into the grace of God. Throughout all the letters of the New Testament, they're signing off, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. And so I want to really encourage you, let's be a people, let's be an army that are on the, run, the, the right foot. When we get up in the morning, when we hop out of bed, we're saying, Lord, I'm asking for your grace. I want to be like you today. I want to be changed into the image of Jesus, going from glory to glory and stepping into your destiny that you have for me. That's a very exciting place to be. It's the best place to be in the very center of God's will. And so can I encourage you to stand to your feet? And just while every eye is closed and every head is bowed, if you're here this morning or this evening and you don't know what it is to say, Jesus, I want to follow you as my Lord and Savior. I want to live for you. I want to change from going my own way. I want to live afresh and go your way. I want to say goodbye to the past and living a life in sin. And I want to live a life like you want me to live. I want to be right with you, God. I want to find the freedom of forgiveness of my sins and that I be right with you. If that's you this evening, why every eye is closed and head is bowed, can you give me a wave? This is between you and God few moments that's cool that's cool 
If you're here this evening too, and you're saying, Lord, I'm up for the journey. I want to press on with you. I want to press into you. I want to be all that I can be for you. I want to change, Lord. I want to be more like Jesus. If that's you, can you give me a wave? It's between you and God. That's cool. That's cool. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that you're with us. And Father, I pray that you would raise us up as an army. An army that would seek your face. An army of prayer warriors. An army of people that would do good and would share your goodness whenever, wherever, that we'd be like Jesus. Lord, let us be a passionate army for you. Let us be one that is strengthened by your grace. Lord, not by our strengths, not by our good works, but by the work of your Holy Spirit in our lives. So, Father, I declare your blessing over every person. I declare your favor upon every person. Father, I pray that you would lift us up above every circumstance. Lord, I break every barrier, every limitation, every self-doubt in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray an open heaven over every person. I pray for freedom. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom to live as you've called us to live and freedom to be as you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Come on, let's give Pastor Ray a hand. That was a fantastic message. Thanks, Ray. Very cool. Well, now as we close... Let's finish with the song. Let's finish with the praise song. But uh, church, as we go, let's carry God's goodness. Wherever we go, whatever we're doing, let's take the opportunities that are, that are around us. Let's reveal God's goodness to the people that we meet. Come on, it starts with a small change. Maybe a small bit of boldness. But when you look back in 10 years' time, it's going to be the decision that you make now, in the moment, that's going to reflect the step. So can I encourage you? Go hard. Make a small change now. Awesome, team. Let's go for it.
set all the captives free. Swing up a well, swing up a well, swing up a well in me. Nothing can stop the storm. We're dancing in the streets. Swing up a well, swing up a well, swing up a well. Break open prison doors. Break open prison doors. Set all the captives free. Swing up a well. Swing up a well. Swing up a well in me. Nothing can stop this joy. We're dancing in the streets. Swing up a well. Swing up a well. Swing up a well. signing up for camp. It's coming up in two weeks. It's going to be a fantastic time. Get your red joe and get it paid tonight. Don't leave tonight without signing up. And I pray that you go in grace and peace. Amen. If you'd like, if you'd like prayer, please come up. We'd love to pray with you.